Welcome to Writer Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, write what you know. What what the hell do you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm Russ Capasso and joining me as always is Tim Letney. Tim, how are you? And what what the hell do you know? <laughs> Russ, I, I don't know much, but I know I love you. Oh, thanks, bud. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, That's man. It. That's our episode. Uh, I know I'm happy to be here. And uh, so we are. Um, this is a fun one. We're so we're going to tackle and chat about the probably the most well known and I use this word I think and this is gonna be a great debate here. The most pretentious piece of writing advice I think that's out there. Oh, it's so uh, weird. I feel like well, we're falling on different sides of this because I feel like the critique around this advice is pretentious, and I feel like the advice itself is accessible. So I feel like there's some gatekeeping going on. All right. So, I mean, I've seen it grouped together with like, it's another cliche saying about writing, like, you know, there's a novel in everyone, right? So why don't we start with, um, so we, I, we, did, we both did some looking at like, I'm sure maybe there's some historian out there that knows who's actually said this. Uh, I, don't I don't think th- anybody said it. I think that's I, what, I mean, from what I looked into just to, you know, see where the quote came from. Uh, I don't think, I think it's a, like a, I don't know, an amalgam of a few oh, things yeah like over time kind of like yeah you know you came across like what some baloney thing about twain but i don't think I Twain kept, ever said it i keep saying i keep seeing it attributed to mark twain but it's not verified but then i keep seeing like you know those lists of like you know writing quotes or mark twain and it keeps falling under him um, yeah uh, maybe he said some version of it kind of like hemingway like i think that's the one you pulled up right i mean Where? i think i mean my gut feeling and i could be wrong but i think that it's attributed to hemingway yeah and it's a synopsis of the actual quote yeah it's actually a quote that he um was talking about you know he had a hard time writing sometimes and sometimes had writer's block and it was kind of a quote to to get him going again here why don't i read it real quick because i think his quote i think is particularly good advice the writer's job is to tell the truth i'd stand and look out over the roofs of paris and think don't worry you've always written before and you'll write now all you have to do is write one true sentence, write the truest sentence, you know, so I'd finally write one true sentence and then it would go from there. It was easy because there's always one true sentence that I knew or had seen or had heard someone say. So I think that's, you know, write one true sentence, you know, and I think that's gotten kind of mixed into write what you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong, but th- that's the closest thing I've, I've seen other Hemingway quotes that, you know, folks think that this has come from are all around truth and um, but I think this is the one that is the closest to it. And it's funny. So like we both did a little kind of looking, I found a bunch of blogs and different authors and writers talking about Ray, what you know, and a lot of them are like, Oh, it's misunder misunderstood advice. Uh, it's not really clarified. Like, yeah, it feels like maybe it's lost its meaning, but people just say it kind of like around a cocktail party. Like, Oh, how'd you write the book? Well, you know, you just write what you know. That's how I, picture, <laughs> that's how I picture this, like this, like spreading around and why people keep saying, it. and it's like, why is and, and and the other thing i mean i think you and i both came across is and what you just said earlier was you know how um a lot of authors are like you know it's bad advice you know yeah uh and, and i think that's the be- gatekeeping element because yeah i mean because in truth i mean it's not write what you know it's like write what you know dot 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 you've got to kind of pull on it and i think some folks take issue with the um the simplicity of it because they don't want to read a biography they don't yeah. want to read what you did in your youth like the, the whole picture of it yeah so they're like oh well don't just write what you know like create you know our lives are finite yeah. and our experiences are limited so yeah. if you're writing a book about just what you know well that book's going to be pretty boring yeah. so write about more 
and you know, but it's still like, personally, that feels like it's really gatekeeping to me. It does feel like the write what you don't know is a little pretentious because it's taking writing away from everyone. And I do feel like yeah. it should be for everyone, but you feel like the write what you know is in and of itself pretentious. I think it's all pretentious, but I mean, why don't we, why don't we, why don't we break it down? So like, what does it mean for you and how have you applied it to your sure. story? So my dot, 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 my ellipses after <laughs> write what you know is write what you know about human emotion and, and write what you know about people and characters and pull from some experiences from your past and you make a pastiche of like, obviously you're creating new characters, you know, that aren't solely based on people in your life, but there yeah. could be aspects of them or, or quotes that people in your life have said in the past that resonate with you that inform those characters and to me that's what you know yeah. i'm not going to make a complete copy of my baseball coach but maybe he'd said something that really inspired me when i was seven and that informs a character who isn't a baseball coach who maybe is a punk rocker or yep. whatever um i mean speaking primarily like about the book that i'm writing i'm totally writing what i know but i am not like any of the characters yeah. Really. I mean, I think there are aspects of me in each of them. Um, and, and I do think it's limiting, right? I obviously don't want to write just what I know about my own experience. And yeah. I want to take a risk and try to imagine and empathize what it's like to be someone else and different types of characters coming yeah. from different backgrounds and ethnicities, genders. Yeah. Um, but I do say that the moment, like what I know in my experience informs those characters even though they're yeah. doing things i've never necessarily done so that's that's for me it, it seems like really good advice i think you should write what you know or at least you shouldn't write just what you know but you should it's with a caveat yeah right? there's a caveat yeah caveat it, caviar? caviar caviar a caviar caviar <laughs> <laughs> talk about pretension yeah caveat. You can say caveat. There's, a, there's a caveat there's there. a caveat here how about you so that's my experience but oh. i feel like you I was I wasn't done with you yet. I was going to keep poking. Oh, okay, lean in. What do you? Because I want to talk about your story more. So I mean, not too much, but so like again, like looking at your story, which I've read, uh, you're writing about you know 19 what, was late 70s. It takes place late 70s, which I wasn't right. alive during. Right. So you don't know that. Don't know. I wanted to learn more about it. it always interested me. Right. So there's again, I think that caveat, the dot 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 of like the doing caviar. some <laughs> the caviar. Of, <laughs> Doing some research, understanding that time, right? Um, and I think that's kind of plays into like, write what you know, but the right, what you don't know is go explore those things, learn about them, right? Um, yeah, flesh out your thing, world and make it interesting, I think. Yeah, and I think there's another thing here, like a parallel I'm going to try and make here, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. So like, but your story is is basically about kind of, you know, something that a plague or a, a, a zombie kind of mass that takes over. Is that too much? Yeah, yeah. There's like an apocalyptic event. There's infection on the table. It's like a very common setup for, I think, a horror book. Right. Now, now you and I have never experienced that, but we have experienced, you know, global uh, sure. you know, uh, pandemic yeah, situations. So like, I think like sci-fi and horror and stuff like this, or sometimes there are analogies or metaphors or whatever, they're that, that parallel to something that maybe the world has gone through, but it, you know, exaggerated 
Uh, sure. to, you know, and I think that's where you get like a lot of your, your zombie stories. There's always something else that's there. So it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not writing that I know about zombies or I'm not writing about this, this, this thing that's happening. Cause like, I don't know, maybe zombies can happen. I don't know. But, um, you know, it's, it's more of like, well, I'm, t- I'm writing about those feelings and emotions I've gone through, like through dealing with a pandemic, which I feel like would be the same thing as, as this. So, yeah, no, I, I think know, that's, that's true. I wouldn't necessarily consider it a, I mean, there's parallels to the pandemic, but I started writing it beforehand. Yeah. Right? If yeah. we're going back to like writing what you know, I know horror and I read a lot of genre fiction. So, yeah. I mean, I've got this really large um, toolbox to kind of pull from, um, obviously, and yeah. hopefully to iterate and, and make it my own. But this genre is something that I feel like I know. Yeah. Well, I, I want to say one more thing about the, the um, perceived, um, like the conflict around the right, what you know, and, and I think in academic circles coming up like as an English major times two there. I, there's always this, I think when you're often, you know, assigned a book and then you have to write a paper about this book, right? Pull quotes. And um, there's different camps and there, there's sometimes camps where people want to look into the biography of the author and look at their fiction as, as a way, as a lens to see the author's life. And I feel like often, more often than not, professors and teachers don't prefer that lens whatsoever. They think it's kind of reductive and it's minimizing the the, the fiction and the, the importance of fiction yeah. to just look at it as... Um, insight the into word? the author. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, insight to the author or a guessing game about, you know, well, this they, they went through this traumatic loss at seven and that must have informed this character. Yeah. They don't want, at least my experience with the professors that I had, they didn't want papers about that. You know, yeah. They, yeah. they care much more about how maybe it's how you're seeing it in your perspective and not the limited viewpoint of looking at the book through the biography of that author. Yeah. Which is tough, right? Because it, it's pretty easy to see parallels. Like obviously 100%. great authors do write what they know in, in a way and they're inspired by their own experiences and their own traumas and how they, they kind of process that. I kind of just did that accidentally, but in me describing your story there, like, mm-hmm. obviously, I, I know you wrote this before the pandemic and started on it. I started on it, but I mean, I, I'm sure some of it was informed by the pandemic. I don't think you're off base because I wrote the vast majority of it during lockdown, right? Yeah, but like, that was my, like, that's my parallel to it as a reader, right? So mm-hmm. that's me taking totally. my, totally. so that's, which that is like, that's the thing you want someone to, to take out of, right? You want them to take like, oh, my experience through some type of crazy, you know, global, whatever craziness. Yeah. And, you know, make that parallel. So can I say one more thing on that? Because I want to iterate. I I think you're totally right. But and I do think it supports the right what you know, because there are common human truths and common human experiences. And I think the goal of any author would be to share those experiences to find some kind of it's almost like communion in a way. Yeah. Like you want to relate. And who knows? Maybe the reader relates to something that you don't see, but maybe on some subconscious level you put in, in your in your book. But there's like a connection yeah. and there's meaning yep. and, and, and that is through common experience as us as people. And th- that's, I don't know, it's really nice to me. I agree with pretty much everything you've said. I still think the phrase, right, which you know is pretentious, but I think, yeah. <laughs> I think there is that dot, You dot, think dot, it's dot, like, is... just write what you know. Do you think it's kind of, um, I don't like, come on those... dummy, why don't you just do it? Or, or what's your... No, I just, it, it, I, I feel it, honestly, it feels like you said that the gateway, the gatekeeping type of thing. I don't know because it's so, it's, it's th- that phrase alone is just so open-ended and so vague. It just feels like a writer said that one time, you know, it's just kind of like, right. Which, sounds you like, know. It sounds like nobody did. <laughs> yeah. Well, sounds like nobody said it. Right. Yeah. 
at no cocktail party that ever happened. There's been more conversation around this quote, this phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Than than any attribution to it. So because everyone is like, and it's straight, it's so strange too. like this piece of advice keeps get thrown around. I'm like, I'm wondering by who, because then you see all these authors now are saying like, it's, it's not advice or they say like dot, 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 like we're saying right now. Right. It's like, sure. Or everything's dot, dot, dot. I mean, I don't know. It seems like just an excuse to sound pretentious. What's Which that? I'm probably doing right what now. I think we're both sounding pretty kidding me. We have a fucking podcast about writing. Of course. <laughs> Jesus. The most pretentious one hour of it's our It's actually day. really surprising. Like as I looked into it, um, we'll, 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 um, I just can't believe how many articles and There's syllabi. So and many. Atlantic articles and New York Times quotes. and There's so many. It's um. A lot of people have their own stamp on this quote. Yeah, I mean, I came across, so I follow, there's a couple of like, so you have master class as a whole thing. Like they've got yep. a whole thing about it. Um, and, but they were pretty pro, right? The one like, yeah, I mean, they give you like four ways to write what you know. And it's like follow emotional truths, which again, the dot, 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 which I 100% agree with you. Um, you know, reflect on a period of your time in your life, which sure, maybe there's some event or some characters or some people you've met or ran into that will inform some aspect of your story or a character that's important, right? Um, and then, I don't know, the rest, the tips are, I, I don't and, know. And I'm sure like if we're talking about teachers and professors not wanting to say this and wanting to say, don't write you what you know, it's probably because what they receive more often than not, if they don't give this bit of advice, is an autobiography with nice prose prose language. Right. Yeah. So right. it's like, oh, you know, when I grew up and I learned how to golf and then I, you know, my dad died. And then there's yeah. just like a whole 70 pages that are probably written very beautifully about that thing. And I'm sure they want to inspire their students to write more. And yeah. To be yeah. something that's a little more relatable to a broader audience. I came across another site that gathered like 30 authors, like quotes or thoughts on the phrase, right? Which, you know, like from like Lee Child to, uh, uh, God, who else was on this list? Harry Cruz, uh, um, trying to pick someone, Dan Brown. Um, what Tony Dan Morris- Brown say? Dan- Tony Morrison's on here too. Dan Brown, write what you want to know. Oh, I was going to say that. Okay, Dan Brown. So no, and I, actually, there was one thing I, 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 you know, kept coming across as well. And I also, I personally kind of, you know, I, I believe this as well, right? Like, if you're gonna write what you're interested in or write what you're passionate about, because you may be doing it for the next two or three years, so you want. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you, and honestly, that Dan Brown advice, and I was ready for, for to roll my eyes. I think that's really good advice. I mean, write what you <laughs> want to learn more about. Yep. Um, something that's going to interest you. What um, what Tony Morrison say? You don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of nice. No, so like her like her quote here is, I may be wrong about this, but it seems as though so much fiction, particularly that by younger people, is very much about themselves. Love mm-hmm. and death and stuff. By, but my love, my death, my this, my that. Everybody else is a light character in that play. Mm-hmm. And she goes on to talk about how when I taught creative writing at Princeton, um, my students had been told all their lives to write what they knew. I always began the course by saying, don't pay any attention to that. First, because you don't know anything. And second, because I don't want to hear about your true love or your mama or your <laughs> papa or your friends. So, yeah. Okay. It's great. So, um, she's like, think of somebody you don't know. What about a Mexican waitress in the Rio Grande who's, you know, can barely speak English or, you know, and yep. so forth. She gives more examples that. Uh, like yeah, that. I think that's really good advice. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I also think that it's still writing what you, you, you want to inform your characters with your, with the things you know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I yeah. think maybe that's the difference. I. Because we talked about it a second ago, you know, if it's a teacher, a professor, when Tony Morrison was teaching, 
she's instructing students and students who are often submitting autobiographical accounts of their lives. Um, I think that's a bit different. I, I'd hope than you know a burgeoning writer who who knows that they're not going to sit down and unless you're going to write an autobiography, yeah. knows that if you're going to dip into fiction, that it's got to be about more than just your own experience. Yes. Just to switch this and make it about me. Um, so, I mean, I can say even for my, my character. Oh, wait, one second, Russ. Oh, yeah. What about you? Oh, Let's make thanks. this about you for a second. Oh, thank you, Tim. I appreciate no it. There's, there's two of us in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just kind of reiterating the same points you made. Um, I think, you know, my three primary characters all have like a bit of me in them, you know, mm -hmm. either whether it's behavior or beliefs, you know, uh, it's not overtly, but you know, they're kind of spread out. There's some, you know, people that I know kind of exist in, in, in these characters as well. It's kind of just like a, a, a mashup of, you know, people that I know that have informed my characters. Mm -hmm. uh, it took me a long time to get them there, but it's there. And I think the early drafts, there was like no emotional backing behind the story. It was just kind of like this thing that was just happening. So there was no meat to it. Um, and I kind of, you know, later drafts, I kind of put more of a kind of like a little bit of emotion to it yeah which i think was helpful but it was something that i thought about and kind of like a what if situation you know in my own life and i was like oh this this will kind of give a little more weight and it's something i want to kind of explore so mm -hmm. i'm also like on the flip side you know it's mine's a, a, a tech thriller sci-fi like espionage I, you know I, I love that stuff so i was like i was passionate i'm interested in this stuff so those topics and like researching and stuff i don't know very much about like hacking or anything like that or anything yeah. about satellites. I, I do, I do know now, you know, and, yep. um, I mean, I took courses on, you know, white hat hacking and stuff like this. So it's like, just to get familiar with it. And that's just like the research. And that's the fun part. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is fascinating. I'm enjoying this part of it. Actually, I would say some of the best advice I, I've oddly enough, my, my, my mom actually gave me the right, which, you know, advice without actually saying, right, which, you know, um, and she, she gave say? me, she actually gave me a really good example of it and it was pretty good. So she had read like two drafts ago and she's like, you, you have these two characters who are supposedly best friends since they were young or, you know, since they're for a very long time, right? They're best friends. Um, she's like, I don't really, it doesn't really come across to me. Well, she's like, you should have more, like their conversations should be, have, have a little more banter. Like you have with like your friends, you know, think about those conversations and like those quick moments you guys have. And I was like, oh, thanks mom. You think I'm witty. Um, <laughs> and, and I, and I applied that to, I had this one scene where it was just kind of like an info dump, you know, a discovery from my main character, but it was info dump summary. Right. Mm -hmm. And I rewrote the entire scene, uh, with now you know, my main character and his, you know, his support character, his best friend, them discovering this thing together through dialogue and, and action and, and kind of like more, made it more dynamic. And I gave more voice to the secondary character. And now he's kind of like, you know, he's this astrophysicist that works at MIT, but he's also kind of a swarmy smart ass. Right. Yep. And it is so much more interesting now. And I was like, oh, I'm writing kind of like this quick banter between two friends, which would, you know, that's how sometimes as, as friends would speak to each other, you know? Um, and when I got it back from my editor, she's like, oh, this scene is so much better now. It's like, it's so much more dynamic. And this other character has like, his voice is coming through and it's, it's great. And I was like, she's like, he's such a more interesting character now that you've done this. And I was like, that's great. Um, so yeah, again, yeah. Right. Which, you know, dot, dot, so now dot. you're on board. I mean, I was always on board. I mean, I can still think the phrase is kind of pretentious sounding, but <laughs> <laughs> it is, there is a there is a lot of caviar there. You know, it's a, a dot, lot, dot, so, dot. Much, so many caviars when it comes to my characters, right? Like they're all informed by my history and I am not like any of them. Like uh, my mate and leads a female yeah, teenager. I've been a teenager, you know, and I <laughs> and I can tap into that, you know, so long ago, <laughs> so long ago. 
And then I've got like um, an African-American eight-year-old, you know? Yeah. I've been a boy, but I my experience as a white boy is a, a lot different, right? But it's something that I was curious to learn more about and, and yeah. to explore and, yeah. and to make the, um, the narrative a little more nuanced and um, relatable. So I honestly, the character that's the, the closest to me, there's this like middle-aged dad type character <laughs> and I made him not a villain, but like, you made him a like, middle-aged dad guy. I made him a middle-aged dad, but who <laughs> wants to read about that? Like I was talking to, to Jill, my wife about this. And I was like, you know, if this was a 1980s book or movie, that character or an even maybe nineties would have been the lead, right? Like yeah. he's just this like mediocre man trying to get everybody to follow him. Like all of a sudden he's like the leader or something. Right. And um, it's also because like we're definitely have two characters. I mean, this kind of ties into our, a little bit into our previous chats, uh, the, you know, men writing female characters too, like mm-hmm. right, what you know, <laughs> then falling into the right, what you don't know, uh, kind of, I think it's, it's good because it, uh, as long as you don't assume that you know everything about someone else, Right. Or yeah. a type of, you know, or person and just say, well, I've seen enough TV shows. I know how they act. Yeah. Um, that is not the way to do it. <laughs> and I think that, I think it's okay to give it a go and then just get feedback, right? Yes. Know yes. that your, your experience is limited and that it needs to be expanded. I think this also ties a little bit into our previous conversation about filling your well, right? I mean, what is that if not writing what you know? You yeah. know, it's getting out and exposing yourself to other people you know overhearing conversations different experiences different places yeah um you may not write about the airport but maybe you overheard something at the bar and maybe that is a piece of dialogue that you're going to put into one of your characters so yeah i I do feel like filling your well is very much writing what you know it's just that ellipses part the dot 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 you know it's weird because now i think i'm falling on the other side if that's an aspect of writing what you know what would that, yeah, I don't know. It's like, well, I don't know anything. Who am I? Like, who are these, What? what's this autobiographical muck? Yeah. Who? Who is anyone, Tim? Who is yeah. anyone? What are we? But it's kind of like that Toni Morrison thing. Like, you don't know anything. Yes. You know, you have yeah. your feelings and I think that could be important for that. But trying to, I don't know, make them permanent and give them some import, which I'm sure, yeah. I mean, it's what we're doing with fiction. Yeah. But, you know, there is this hope and that the characters will, and the themes and your story will potentially outlive the author and i'm sure that sounds pretentious but it it does kind of feel like a bid for like symbolic immortality in a way that yeah. you know, people could enjoy my words longer than they can enjoy my presence and, and that's a hope i think my biggest fear for anyone and and even even myself i think early on was you know right what you know and it kind of comes back i think you're right it comes back to like that gatekeeping thing where Oh man, what do I know about science fiction? What do I know? Mm. You know, and I think that's um, it is it is just at face value and kind of taken mm. literally. I think it's 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 bad advice because again, that's why you need the caviar in there, the dot dot dot. <laughs> because like, you know, then people think, well, what do I? I want to write a thriller. What do I know about thrillers? I don't know. I've seen a lot of them. I've seen a lot of TV shows. I know enjoy watching them. I know I enjoy reading them. But what do I know? What do I know about how the FBI works or whatever? Um, I don't like. I think those like there's a line of like. Uh, the stuff that is just research and, and teachable that you can Google, you can call someone, you can email someone and be like, hey, how does this work? Uh, yeah. Find someone on Twitter who like knows how to, well, maybe not Twitter anymore, but <laughs> find some expert somewhere who knows how to do something and reach out to them. Most people mm-hmm. are willing to talk. So I think that's a like the other side of 
the whole uh, rate which you know thing and rate which you don't know. Yeah. The research aspect is really interesting, right? You know, write what you want to learn about. There, there's like I said, I'm wasn't born in the seventies. I don't have any any experience what nineteen seventies Boston was or what the punk scene was. I mean, I had some punk friends, like, but that was you know late nineties. That's a completely different, and that was the suburbs. So, um, (laughs) there's a venue that I I write about. It's one of like the set pieces called the Rat. It's the Rat Skeller. It's like this kind of well known locally venue you know for rock and punk shows in the late 70s but there's not many images and you know i I had to take my experience going to shows in the early 2000s at like tt's or the paradise or the middle east and try to mix that with what i think that area was going to be and i tried to reach out to um some folks who had done a documentary on the rathskeller and uh, i I couldn't get a hold of them it was really disappointing because it was one of those aspects like you were there like, you know the smells, you you know the sounds, you know how filthy the bathrooms are. I can only yeah. read about it. You know, I can only infer it based on what my limited experience is was, as a 20-year-old in Boston. Yeah. Years after that took place, I really wish I could have gotten in touch with him. But I'm glad you were able to get in touch with some folks on your tech side, like, and that you were interested enough to, you know, pull on that thread and learn more about it. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, you can, there's so much you can access through the internet if you do your homework and fact check some things like how things work. Um, and yeah. just be, you know, but that's, you know, we were different... talking about this with Jeff Morrison, right? You know, yeah. Google earth can only do so much. Yes. But when he went and he went, he went to China and he, he stood in the middle of a packed street, you know, that informed his science fiction yep. and no, it wasn't a one-to-one recreation of his experience in China, but that feeling, you know, and that stranger, yeah. In, in, in a new world kind of came across in, in his writing. And to me, that's what writing what you know is. No, yeah. he didn't write about being in China. And no, he's not necessarily writing about being, you know, a, a white tech writer. Um, yeah. But, uh, well, Russ, I think that was a pretty good conversation. I think I know a lot more about caviar. I was going to say caviar. Caveats. Get, guess um, what I don't know. You know what I don't know a lot about? Caviar. I, I've never tasted it. So. I think I have. Aren't those like their little, is it fish Like eggs? fish, right? Fish eggs or something? You would never have it. Is it fish eggs? I mean, I, I have sushi sometimes. I've had salmon eggs, but I try not, I try not to eat my, my fellow creatures too much. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't you look at me like that. Uh, yeah, it's a, caviar is a food consisting of salt-cured roe, the family Asapiciridae. I know we're wrapping up, but I want to say one more thing about the right what you know. Yes. I mean, write about what you want to talk about. I, I feel like there's themes, you know, that people care about. And I feel like, you know, we just talked about me being like a vegetarian and that, that certainly comes across in my book. Um, hopefully it's not horribly on the nose and horribly critical. And um, that, that part needs to be kind of reduced, I think. But um, I guess it's write what you know, but also write about the things you care about. Yeah. Write what you're interested, passionate about. So what else? What about, what about, uh, what have you been reading, watching? What's been inspiring you lately, Russ? So I was, because I just sent my manuscript off to the editor for a week, two weeks and a half, or whatever, I started thinking about book number two. Yeah, it was a... Hey, congratulations, by the way, getting through that line edit. Thanks. Uh, well, I haven't gotten through it yet, but I got it back, so... Uh, oh, you submitted it. I submitted it, it's back, and uh, maybe we'll talk about it as I get a little bit further through it in another episode. But So I shifted over to thinking about book two, which is going to be a little science fiction, you know, super cliche time travel thing, maybe, I think, you know, because everyone's, you know, because I like that stuff, because that's what I, I don't yeah. know anything about time travel, but. Nobody seems to. You need no. straws and tape and. 
And it's also going to be kind of like a crime novel. I'm still figuring it all out. I grabbed it. I was digging through some some time travel stuff and came across this uh, book called The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. It's like a murder mystery time travel like loop. It's oh, actually, that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's like, you know, it's like a very, it's a throwback, like Agatha Christie kind of, you know, you're in one big mansion and there's multiple characters of all different, you know, uh, style and uh, terribleness. And uh, it's like a loop. And this character keeps jumping from different people and looping over the day to, to solve the murder. So it's it's actually, it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Wait a minute. It. Is that like Quantum Leap? Basically. Quantum Leap meets Agatha Christie. I like it. Yeah. It's fun, Sounds right? very cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know why I've been like these murder mystery stuff. Like uh, I watched that See How They Run on um, HBO. The one no, I'm not familiar. Sarah Ronan and... Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And they, it's again another kind of murder mystery. It's it's actually fun. It was really it was yeah I don't know enjoyable to watch. So, um, which is weird because like none of the the book I'm going to work on isn't really going to be a murder mystery at all. It's not going to be like the style. <laughs> just I don't know these. It's kind of just popped up. So, just trying to absorb as much as I can. That's very cool. What do you what do you been what have you been into? What have you been digging into? I went through. Uh, I saw Barbarian, uh, which is a horror movie by. Um... Yeah, I've been intrigued by that. I haven't. It's weird, you know. It's one of those things where the, the marketing doesn't meet the movie again. I, that's what I heard, and I heard, yeah, I heard that. Um, that's with Justin Long. Is he in that? Uh, yeah, he's like he he's like the Act Two B character comes rolling in. And what's his face there? The guy who played Pennywise. He's in it too, isn't he? Yep. He's yeah. Yep. He's in it too. So I mean, it's weird. They do a good job, kind of in the marketing. You know, not giving too much away, which I always appreciate. Yeah. But they also marketed a, a different movie that f- was maybe going to feel a little bit more like Hostel or Saw. Yeah. Um, it's not that at all. Interesting. So the other thing that I kind of wish I knew going into it was that the writer director is um, from the comedy troupe Whitest Kids You Know. Yeah, you, you mentioned that to me. I was like, really? And I think if I had watched it through that lens, that comedic lens, I, I would have given it more of a expected social satire which i think is what it is yeah and and even like the absurdest moments and it's it's very intentionally not following form and i think it's honestly in retaliation to some of the beats too interesting um you say he 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 wrote and directed or he wrote and directed it yeah okay he says that it's his first movie Mm. but it's not (laughs) because his first movie was um a very cringy movie called miss march um, uh, which he co-directed with one of the other folks from Whitest Kids You Know who's since passed. But yeah, I mean, I certainly recommend it. It's interesting. I mean, Jill and I sat down and watched it and like kind of deconstructed it afterwards. So it's certainly a conversation piece. Man. I've got some friends that absolutely are head over heels for it. So, it, and it did super well. So yeah, I'd recommend it. Nice. But it's not, certainly not what you expect. Yeah. I'll say one thing about it. It's talking about themes and, and on the nose themes. It's themes aren't. They're there. Yeah. Um, some of the dialogue is really kind of clunky in moments, but yeah. there is social satire and commentary going on, but nobody really goes on like a large exposition dump about what it is, which I know I'm doing currently in my book and I need to fix. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos for that. It, it is subtle in its way. Um, yeah. One of my complaints without giving too much away is I, I don't, without doing some backflips, I don't feel like the main character goes through enough of a transformation. Yeah, man. It, you really need to kind of batch some characters together to have it be that character transformation machine that that, that like the three acts should be. Yep. But yeah, now thumbs up. All right. Well, I don't know. Is that it? 
write what you know, dot, 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 with some caviar. And caviar. Yeah, don't write an autobiography unless it's intentionally an autobiography. Yeah, unless you're Otherwise, famous. let your characters be informed by, yeah, unless you're famous. <laughs> unless you're interesting. Unless, yeah, unless you're super interesting, unlike yeah. us. Unlike us. Don't, don't write that. <laughs> all right, that's our episode. Uh, thanks for listening to all of that fun madness we just had. So, uh, but if you enjoyed the episode, you think someone else might as well, let them know. Um, if you have a topic idea or any feedback, you can find us on Twitter at writer underscore syndrome. You head over to our website, writersyndrome.com, for all the episodes, contact info, stuff like that. I don't know. Should we really stay on Twitter? I don't know, man. What a mess. What a what a dumpster fire inside of a dumpster fire. That's <laughs> can you put like a big dumpster fire inside of a bigger dumpster? I don't even know. Uh okay. So yeah, I think join us next I don't think you should join us next episode where we're gonna be talking about the copy line edit process. Yeah, I mean, since you're going through it, I think it'll be a lot of me asking you a lot of questions and Ooh. once again you doing things first so they're easier for me later oh my god i love it i love yeah. this thing it's like having an older brother who's younger than you know me. <laughs> advice from us right which you know <laughs> dot 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 caviar and take advantage of your friends take advantage of your friends ride advice. their coattails <laughs> into the sunset into the sunset so uh yeah until then uh, keep writing 